Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Beloved Podcast. My name is Lena Hobson and I'm here with Carolyn Thomas and Jude Whitehouse. Hey girls, how are you going? Good, thank you. So this is um, sort of wrapping up our, our series today on a woman God can use. We're talking about about Rahab and we're going to be looking at the, the, the area of freedom. So last, last week we spoke about um, Esther and courage and we talked about Elizabeth and faithfulness and Mary and obedience. And we're going to be talking t- today about Rahab and faith. So, Carol, would you like me to read Joshua 2, 1 to 16? Yes, please. All right. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from... Wow, I wish I learned Hebrew from Shittim. <laughs> Go look over the land, he said, especially Derike. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hid them. She said, Yes, the men came to me. But I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and had, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard now the Lord we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, Go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until they return, and then go on your way. Just um, can I borrow that sheet with that scripture on? Because the the, the thing that sums up Rahab, if you look, um, you know she was, um, you know she wasn't a Hebrew, and she was just telling them and talking about all the things that she's that she had heard about what God had done, um, and then she says here, um, "For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below." And so I just think from that statement, the word that sums her up is faith. So she just heard about God and she, you know, she yeah, had faith and was able to declare he is truly God. So what is your definition of faith, Lena? To be trusted, reliable, sure, believing, trusting, relying. Okay. 
trusting Melania. <laughs> Jude? Um, yeah, strong belief or trust in someone or something. Um, belief in the existence of God. Yep. So I've got strong or unshakable belief in something. Trusting in God, like you girls have said, in his actions and promises. Conviction of the truth of certain doctrines of religion, especially when this is not based on reason. I like that one a lot, hey? Another, one, another part I had was belief in and trust in and loyalty to God. Yeah. So it's not just a bit of each, it's all of it. Yeah, so complete confidence and trust. Okay, so what did, what would, what, if we were applying faith into our daily lives, what would that look like? Lena? Um, so that's really trusting in God, regardless of the circumstance and holding on to what he has said. Yeah. Um, no matter, even like, no matter what it looks like in the natural, you're holding on to what God has said. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Jude? Um, yeah. Trusting um, what, God, what God says is what he means, no questions asked. So, um, so it's the word. It's either true or it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so I've got as well, either we believe in, we believe God or we don't. So when times are difficult, the application in your life is going to look like getting on with life, not just collapsing in a heap yes. and despairing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, I mentioned this before, but your faith is going to be shown by what comes out of your mouth during these difficult times. Yep. Mm. Are you holding on? Are you waiting? You know, and the Bible tells us that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in tough times, the tough times show if your heart is full of faith or full of fear. Yep. And you see that by what comes out of your mouth. Um, and, you know, we can build up our, our faith as well by the Word of God. And we need to really store the Word in us because you need that. When it's tough times, that's what you need to build up your faith. You need to have the promises, have the Word to hold on to. And so, you know, when times are good, um, you should really be storing that word up in you so that when times are bad, it's there. It's easy access. You know, it just comes straight from your spirit and, you know, it's in your mind. It's on your lips because often that's when you won't feel like going into it. But if you've got it stored in you already, that's what you're going to need to get you through. So that's what faith, yeah. Yeah. I can see this too in, like, situations when, you, you know, you're praying for something for someone and, like, in the natural, it looks like, bad, there's no hope sort of thing, but God said this, this, and this. Yep. All right, so I'm going to keep praying because you've said this and this and this, and no matter what it looks like in the natural God, I'm choosing to trust you. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And I think that's really important. It's actually what you're saying there is making declaration um, and just speaking out the word of God uh, into, you know, and the, uh, the scriptures, well, that I'm thinking of is where the Bible talks about calling those things that be not as though they were. So even though it looks bad or whatever you declare. And I mean, there, you know, there's certainly a place and a time for binding the enemy and for doing spiritual warfare. But I think as well, we need to be careful. We don't spend so much time focusing more on binding the enemy or whatever than we do actually declaring God's promises and God's words. So it's, it's to have that balance. Yep. So I think that's quite important. So what does God's word say on it about faith? I um, actually looked up how many times faith is in the Bible. Yep. And on average, it depends on what version, yeah. like the specific word faith, but it's about 250 times in the Bible, so I'm guessing it's pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and one thing that really stuck out to me when I was studying the word faith is that it's always by faith that people are saved and healed. Yep. Um, in Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Yep. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. 
For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So everything's already been prepared, and so it's us having faith in him yeah. and living as he wants us to and having faith that he's already got it all organised yeah. for us. We just yeah. need to do the steps that he's giving us to do. Yeah. And so that faith, again, just to remind you, is that unshakable belief, isn't it? That's it's right. belief. Yeah. And that's what we saw in Rahab. She just heard about all the things God had, had done, and so she believed that he is God. Um, the, 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 um, you know, faith is a weapon as well, um, and we have our shield of faith as well. And so, you know, we, we use that to quench the fiery darts because it's like, okay, this accusation's coming, but God's word says this, God has promised this, God is this for me, he's my refuge and my protection. And so... You know, it's really important to learn how to use that. And I love Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Um, and, you know, we've got the hall of faith in Hebrews where, you know, it's just recounts all the people that we can look to. Um, yeah, and, and lots of scriptures. I've got lots of scriptures here. Ephesians 6.16, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And I think that's important as well to realize it's like um, I'm... Oh, I guess I've already preached this sermon um, where I'm talking about the temptation of Jesus and talking about, you know, when he when Satan came to tempt him, it was he was just, it is written. So I think that's faith as well. We don't tr- stand and try and argue our point no. or go into it. It's just, it is written. So we absolutely believe in that. So I think we're using the shield of faith as well. It's just, no. Not entertaining that accusation. The word says this and that's it. So just really using that faith as a weapon. It's a powerful weapon. Yep. Lena. Do you have Romans ten seventeen? <sighs> just I've got it here, but it's in a weird no. version. <laughs> Sorry, I've only got about fifty others, but just not that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Sorry. Paraphy- done. That, I've let you down. So, so faith comes by hearing. Hearing oh, hearing by the word of God, yep. Yeah. So that's you know, Sometimes we can have a, like a wrong um, understanding of how faith is built yeah, and where it comes yeah. from, but it's, yeah. And the Bible talks about building up your faith, yes. so you need to do it. You know, God gives each person a measure of faith, but you can actually increase that and build it up, and it is by hearing an application of the Word of God. Yep, that's good. All right, so, and again, of course, the Scripture, we walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've got a little quote here from D.L. Moody. He says, faith takes God without any ifs. Yeah. You know, like that. It's good. That appeals to me. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll, um, that's probably, we'll just wrap up on that. And we'll, we'll carry on, go straight into looking at freedom because it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I'm just going to start by reading you a little quote. Um, All right. If I can find it here. Hey? Okay. Here we go. All right, so um, in literature and in scripture, life is depicted as a race. How we choose to run the race determines our quality of life and whom or what we choose to run towards determines our peace and joy. All of us begin the race with a handicap, an inherited sin nature that subtly binds us and weighs us down so that the race can become strenuous and futile. God in his great love unbinds us, frees us from our handicap and gives us a new nature purchased by the death of his son. As we admit our inadequacy to run the race alone and accept God's gracious redemption, then the race begins to have meaning, validity and most of all freedom. 
It has been observed that none are free indeed but those whom Christ makes free. We are free in Christ, but we must be aware that we often run the race with unnecessary baggage that can hinder our freedom. All right, so we're going to just look at freedom. And I mean, you know, all the women that we've looked at, they had intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and, you know, they would be living in freedom. And so it's really important that, yeah, we look at that. So, Lena, can you read Hebrews 12, verse 1? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. All right, so let's look at some of the words. So what would, um, if we talk about things that hindered or something that's a burden, what, would, what, what does that mean or what does it look like? Um, so it's like a weight on us, you know, something that demands like our resources. It's like detaining us. It's yeah. an obstacle, you know, so that can be our, you know, our bad behavior, our sin, you know, bad attitudes, um, you know, whatever in our life that doesn't line up with God's word is a weight that is detaining us from living the life God calls us to live. Yeah, that's good. Jude? Yeah, I just have to, along the same lines, it's anything that stops us or gets in the way of us running the race. Yep. Um, yeah, and so, and so if it's stopping us or getting the road of what we're supposed to be doing, then it's obviously sin because it's what we're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And it's holding us back, isn't it? Yeah, I liked um, some of the words I looked up. It was obstruction or snag. I liked snag. You know, a snag, if you snag yourself on something or yeah. snag your clothes when you walk past, it actually pulls and pulls you back, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, something that's just really weighing you down, pull you back. And, you know, um, I just read somewhere this little quote, we wouldn't climb a mountain way down if we want to travel far. So we need, if we want to travel far, we need to travel light. Um, and I think as well, you know, um, life is, yeah, in the Bible it talks about it as a race. And, and I think that, you know, as Christians, we've got a goal. A Christian life has got a specific goal. And so I think at the end of each day, we need to actually ask us, ourselves, am I further along than I was this morning or yesterday? Because if you're running, seeing it as a race that you're running, are you further along each day? Because you should be a little bit further along, shouldn't you? And if you're actually going backwards... I mean, who would run backwards in a race? But, you know, if you're not further along, then you need to... Stopped. Have you snagged onto something? You know, is there a snag, something pulling you back or holding you back? So I thought that was quite good, yeah. All right, so what about freedom then? So Christ came to set us free. So what would, um, yeah, what would be a definition of freedom for you girls? Um, just, you know, no, no bond on us. You're, you know, delivered, liberty. You're free from restraint or obligation. Yes, um, untangled was what came to mind. Like mm. nothing that's intertwined with anything that you're doing. You, yeah, you can't. You can easily move because you're not entangled in something. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, untangled. That's yeah. good. All right. So yeah. So liberty from slavery or bondage, deliverance from confinement or bondage. And you know, we can often be in bondage of our own making, can't we? Oh yes. <laughs> Like people think of sin and stuff that can hold you back. People think of addictions and, you know, things that you can easily see as a sin that someone's doing wrong. But it's also your mind and your attitudes and, and all that as well. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people are in bondage with their, their minds. Yes. Yeah. I'm preaching to myself. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even to the extent of, you know, I had this little illustration. I said I would love um, the team to be able to build me, well, I've got a platform with a circle of swords, but I'd also like a huge bird cage yeah. that I could actually sit in to show an illustration because you can even be there and the gate can be open, but you stay in. Like if you have a bird or something in captivity for a long time, you know, there's stories of maybe letting it go out or opening it, but it goes out and then comes back in again. Yes. And it's like the gate's open, you can stay out. And it's like I think, and that's what we're talking about, your mind, a lot of people still, even though the gate's are open, they've been set free, Christ has set them free, but they choose to actually still stay in that cage because that's where they feel safe and, and that's their comfort zone basically. And I think there's a lot of women living like that where, hey, the cage door's actually open and you're still inside. So, yeah. All right, what about slavery? What would be your definition there? Opposite of freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, something that weighs you down, like the yoke of slavery. So, yeah, it keeps you from moving. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's like unrighteous control over you. Yeah. And the Bible talks as well about that whatever control you're really a slave, aren't you, to whatever controls you? Yeah. Um, and um, one of the definitions I found that I thought was quite interesting, and, and you've just one of you have mentioned it, a civil relationship whereby one person has absolute power over another and controls his life, liberty, and fortune. And I think that's really you know important, like where a person's got control over another, or maybe the enemy having control over you, you know. Um, so that's quite yeah. All right, I just want to read you a little quote here from Matthew Henry. Um, okay, every weight that is that is all inordinate affection and concern for the body and the present life and world. Inordinate care for the present life or fondness for it is a dead weight upon the soul that pulls it down when it should ascend upwards and pulls it back when it should press forward. It makes duty and difficulties harder and heavier than they would be. So I think that that's a really good quote, isn't it? Just showing maybe the opposite of freedom. Um, so have you, Lena, have you got um, Romans 6, 1 to 14 there? Yeah. Could you read it? What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. 
Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part then quickly. Well, excuse me, of yourselves to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Can you read Galatians 5.1? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. All right, good. So um, how, how is our freedom, according to those passages, how is our freedom accomplished? Or how do we get freedom? Jude? Through faith in Christ Jesus. Yep. And standing firm in that faith. Yeah, so the scripture's clear, isn't it? Christ died for our sins. So when we die to self or die with them and accept that sacrifice, then we are free because the penalty's been taken off of us. Yeah. Man. So much like victory, <laughs> so much freedom. We now have victory over sin. We can actually choose not to sin anymore. Like it doesn't yeah. have the power over us yeah. unless we choose. Yeah. And that's the big thing, isn't it? It doesn't have power. He's taken that power away. Um, and yeah, so it's our choice to die to one kind of love and be born to another. But as you say, yeah, it doesn't have a hold, but we often choose to stay there or to go back into it. All right, so what, um, what does that Galatian scripture mean? Don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Um, I took it as don't let the sin that you've been forgiven of, yep. don't let it still affect your life. Don't. Yeah. Um, don't let the arrows of doubt or guilt or anything like that stop you. Mm. Yeah, it's happened. So, what do you on. what do you think, Lena? Yeah, well, when we sin, we you know we're like choosing to fan an addiction or stronghold. Yeah, you know, to whatever it is, fear of man, pride, whatever it is, um, and we're choosing to be burdened by that slavery, and we're giving Satan authority in our life. Yeah. Um, because we're choosing again not to live in the freedom Christ has already won for us. Yeah, and and that's isn't it? It's giving Satan a foothold. So any mm. area that you have sin or you know you've got like you say an addiction to, you're slave to, um, is giving him a foothold. And I think as well, you know what it's meaning as well. It's warning: don't go back into the things from which Christ has set you free. Don't go back. Um, you know he was talking there as well and saying saying don't go back to the law. Um, you know, because law and grace are mutually exclusive. And Galatia was near a place called hmm, Phrygia. <laughs> I can't say Phrygia. I'll just say. And and the area in that area, they had this worship, and um, part of the priests and and the devout worshippers, they would mutilate themselves by castration. And that was what Paul was telling the Galatians. Well, if they're going to do that, and you're going to start going back into circumcision, just go the whole way. You may as well be like them. So that's where he was talking about don't allow yourself to go back into the law, back into slavery, you know, when Christ has died to set you free. And, you know, I think as well that we can often do that as well because um, we can go into religion and things or striving to try and earn our own salvation or our freedom, which we can never do. And that's a form of bondage, isn't it? And, um, 
even just, oh, I've earned this, or I deserve it. I've served you, Lord. I've tithed. I've attended church, so you need to sort of do this for me. And, um, yeah, so. Um, what? Um, so have you girls had any hindrances or anything in the past that you, if you've struggled with or things that have kept you maybe from experiencing the fullness that you should have in Christ or, or, for, or maybe from living, yeah, living that properly? Nope. Can't think of any. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, there is so many things. (laughs) Uh, Pick one. You know, um, like fear of man is something that I've really struggled with in in my life, you know. Like, and it's come out in so many different ways. Like, the love of, like, material things and having nice things because then I'm important, you know. Like, I'm in the, with the cool gang and we've got all the popular, nice, cool, fun things, you know. Um... Or like that striving to gain people's approval. So you're just working, 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 keeping busy. What we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, you know, and having like what people say to be more important than one got, what God has said. Like that's been, just that fear of man has been a big stronghold. It's a huge bondage yeah. for a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. And I've also experienced fear of man, but the biggest thing for me is worry or uh, lack of trust, I should call it. <laughs> yeah. Because um, that's what it is. Um, yeah. If you're worrying, yeah, then you're not trusting and you're not having faith. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's something that used to paralyse me pretty much. Yeah, and there, look, and bondage, hey, trapped, yeah, yeah, yeah paralysed. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, how are we going to do this and how are we going to do that? And, you know, and I've actually, my mum said to me one day, you know, if you don't have something to worry about, you worry that you don't have something yeah, to worry about. Yeah. Like, that's how bad yeah. I used to be, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, but praise God, I'm not that bad anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, so, and every now and then it still pokes its head up every now and then. It's a journey, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. you just got to keep, yeah, yeah. killing it. Um, yeah, for me as well, I'd say that the biggest thing from um, really just living in the freedom of Christ has given me is that being that mentality of striving that I have to earn by my own righteousness, which I don't ever have. Um, and Because it is so freeing if you can just, oh, God just looks at you and sees Jesus. So I just have... His righteousness on me, and so if I just repent when I've sinned or whatever, God still sees me through that and not, you know, so so it's just been that striving. All right, so we've only got a few minutes left, and I really want to just wrap up with a quote. Um, So we just encourage you, though, to just, uh, you know, go and read for yourself. Read John 8, verse 32, where it tells us that you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free, and Jesus is that truth that it talks about. And, um, you know, he came to free you from the law of sin and death. And so because he paid that penalty, we don't have the consequences of the law and sin of, of sin and death operating in our life anymore. Um, I just want to read you this quote. And then, girls, we might, I'll just ask you guys to briefly just maybe comment on it. All right. Most Christians are like a man who was toiling along the road, bending under a heavy burden when a wagon overtook him and the driver kindly offered to help him on his journey. He joyfully accepted the offer, but when seated in the wagon, continued to bend beneath his burden, which he still kept on his shoulders. Why do you not lay down your burden? asked the kind-hearted driver. Oh, replied the man, I feel that it is almost too much to ask you to carry me, and I could not think of letting you carry my burden too. And so Christians who have given themselves into the care and keeping of the Lord Jesus still continue to bend beneath the weight of their burdens and often go weary and heavy laden throughout the whole length of their journey. That's a quote by Hannah Whittle-Smith. What do you think of that, girls? (laughs) 
How accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and how sad. And I noticed you both laughed when I, when I read the part about, like, so he's sitting on the wagon and then he's got the thing on his back and then he says, no, it's too much to ask you to carry me. <laughs> yeah, You're laughing at the ridiculousness of it, right, because he's already carrying. But seriously, how many of us are doing yeah. that with Jesus? I'm and it's laughing at the ridiculousness and half laughing at the... Oh, <laughs> we do that, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's like I said, it's like that illustration of being in a cage and the door's wide open yeah. but we stay in there. It's the same thing, God. isn't it? Yeah. If you if you know that you don't if you know who you are in Christ and you know you don't have that burden. So mm. you don't need to keep carrying it. And are you really believing what is actually accomplished yeah. and done, hey? Yeah. And it's just that whole striving like I've got to keep doing my part, yeah. doing my part. Yeah. So I thought that was a really good quote. Mm. All right. So, um Lena, I'll let you wind off or wind up. All you right. might want well. to um give us a little challenge or Challenge of the Keep top us going over the summer holidays. <laughs> <laughs> or just pray for people. Um, well, look, I think we've got a couple of challenges. Is coming out of this whole series is like key thing, like learning to be still before God. Yep. Because I mean, if you can master that, you're going to be <laughs> pretty set. And um, what we were talking about today, we're talking about the truth and basing your life on the Word, and what God says about you, and experiencing freedom in Christ based on His work. Um, so our challenge to you is to really just get into the Word over over Christmas, over summer, um, and just get that Word in there, and just that you can be just applying that truth and getting freedom into your life. Um, so let's just pray, ladies, for our listeners for 2014. Yep. For 2014 as we close. Yes. Yep. Yes. Father, we just thank you so much for the richness of your word. And we just pray that, um, you know, as your word goes out, Lord, it's going to accomplish what, you've, what you have planned for it. And I just pray for every single person that's listening, Lord, and hearing this. I just pray that your provision and your protection will be on them and that you will just become a reality in their lives, Jesus, that they will really um, see you and get to know you as you are and, and that most of all that they will really grasp the freedom that you've come and given them and that they will start to walk in that. And that's that's really my prayer for every every woman or man or whoever's listening, that you will really understand what Christ has done for you, that he has set you free and you can, you can lay those burdens down, you can take them off, you don't have to carry them any longer. And so I just pray that in Jesus' name that you will come to a full realisation of that. Yeah, definitely. You know, we just want, we just pray that every single person would just, you know, recognise their ability to shake off the chains through the power of Jesus Christ and sit up into the fullness of the life that God has for you. Um, just that they realise that you know once the chains are gone, they they can just rest in you. They can um, find their peace, and doesn't matter what's happening in their life. That um, yeah, the peace is in is in relationship with you, and and reading your word, and trusting, and believing everything that is written is from you. In Jesus' name, let it Amen. be say. <laughs> Um, so as we just mentioned, this is going to be our last podcast for 2014. Hooray, Christmas and summer. <laughs> We're going to be at the beach. Summer so. for some of us where you, <laughs> some people in the world might be in winter, going into winter. We feel sorry oh, you for you. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
<laughs> you should not be living in Australia if you don't like the beach. That's just so wrong. Um, so we're going to be coming back to you um, early in the in the well next year in um twenty. What's next year? Twenty fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we hoped you enjoyed this entire year of podcasts and we look forward to uh, catching up with you in um, 2015. If you would like to get in contact with us, you can jump onto our website, www.life-house.net or you can find us on Facebook at under Lifehouse Ministries. All right, have a great Christmas, everyone. We'll see you in the new year. <laughs>